Dialogue four of Dialogues of the Dead. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dialogues of the Dead by George Littleton. Dialogue four. Dr. Swift, read by phone. Mercury, read by Sonia. Mr. Addison, read by Thomas Peter. Surely, Addison, fortune was exceedingly inclined to play the fool, a humour her ladyship, as well as most other ladies of very great quality, is frequently in, when she made you a minister of state and me a divine. I must confess we were both of us out of our elements, but you don't mean to insinuate that all would have been right if our destinies had been reversed yes i do you would have made an excellent bishop and i should have governed great britain as i did ireland with an absolute sway while i talked of nothing but liberty property and so forth you govern the mob of ireland but i never understood that you govern the kingdom a nation and a mob are very different things ay so you fellows that have no genius for politics may suppose but there are times when by seasonably putting himself at the head of the mob an able man may get to the head of the nation nay there are times when the nation itself is a mob and ought to be treated as such by a skilful observer i don't deny the truth of your proposition but is there no danger that from the natural vicissitudes of human affairs the favourite of the mob should be mobbed in his turn sometimes there may but i risked it and it answered my purpose ask the lord lieutenants who were forced to pay court to me instead of my courting them whether they did not feel my superiority and if i could make myself so considerable when i was only a dirty dean of st patrick's without a seat in either house of parliament what should i have done if fortune had placed me in england unencumbered with a gown and in a situation that would have enabled me to make myself heard in the house of lords or of commons you would undoubtedly have done very marvellous acts perhaps you might then have been as zealous a whig as my lord wharton himself or if the whigs had unhappily offended the statesman as they did the doctor who knows whether you might not have brought in the pretender pray let me ask you one question between you and me if your great talents had raised you to the office of first minister under that prince would you have tolerated the protestant religion or not ha mr secretary are you witty upon me do you think because sunderland took a fancy to make a great man in the state that he or his master could make you as great in wit as nature made me no no wit is like grace it must be given from above you can no more get that from the king than my lords the bishop can the other and though i will own you had some yet believe me my good friend it was no match for mine I think you have not vanity enough in your nature to pretend to a competition in that point with me. I have been told by my friends that I was rather too modest, so I will not determine this dispute for myself, but refer it to Mercury, the god of wit, who fortunately happens to be coming this way with a soul he has brought to the shades. Hail, divine Hermes, a question of precedence in the class of wit and humour, over which you preside, having arisen between me and my countryman dr swift we beg leave dr swift i rejoice to see you how does my old lad how does honest lemuel gulliver have you been in lilliput lately or in the flying island 
or with your good nurse glumdalclitch pray when did you eat a crust with lord peter is jack as mad still as ever i hear that since you published the history of his case the poor fellow by more gentle usage is almost got well if he had but more food he would be as much in his senses as brother martin himself but martin they tell me has lately spawned a strange brood of methodists moravians hutchinsonians who are madder than even jack was in his worst days it is a great pity you are not alive again to make a new edition of your tale of the tub for the use of these fellows mr edison i beg your pardon i should have spoken to you sooner but i was so struck with the sight of my old friend the doctor that i forgot for a time the respects due to you addison i think our dispute is decided before the judge has heard the cause i own it is in your favour but don't be discouraged friend addison apollo perhaps would have given a different judgment i am a wit and a rogue and a foe to all dignity swift and i naturally like one another he worships me more than jupiter and i honour him more than homer but yet i assure you i have a great value for you sir roger de coverley will honeycomb will wimble the country gentleman in the freeholder and twenty more characters drawn with the finest strokes of unaffected wit and humour in your admirable writings have obtained for you a high place in the class of my authors though not quite so high as one as the dean of st patrick's perhaps you might have got before him if the decency of your nature and the cautiousness of your judgment would have given you leave but allowing that in the force and spirit of his wit he has really the advantage how much does he yield to you in all the elegant graces in the fine touches and delicate sentiment in developing the secret springs of the soul in showing the mild lights and shades of a character in distinctly marking each line and every soft gradation of tints which would escape the common eye who ever painted like you the beautiful parts of human nature and brought them out from under the shade even of the greatest simplicity or the most ridiculous weaknesses so that we are forced to admire and feel that we venerate even while we are laughing swift was able to do nothing that approaches to this he could draw an ill face or caricature a good one with a masterly hand but there was all his power and if i am to speak as a god a worthless power it is yours is divine it tends to exalt human nature pray good mercury if i may have liberty to say a word for myself do you think that my talent was not highly beneficial to correct human nature is whipping of no use to men naughty boys men are generally not so patient of whipping as boys and a rough satirist is seldom known to mend them satire like antimony if it be used as a medicine must be rendered less corrosive yours is often rank poison but i will allow that you have done some good in your way though not half so much as edison did in his mercury i am satisfied it matters little what rank you assign me as a wit if you give me the precedence as a friend and benefactor to mankind i pass sentence on the writers not the men and my decree is this when any hero is brought hither who wants to be humbled 
let the talk of lowering his arrogance be assigned to swift the same good office may be done to a philosopher vain of his wisdom and virtue or to a bigot puffed up with spiritual pride the doctor's discipline will soon convince the first that with all his boasted morality he is but a yahoo and the latter that to be holy he must necessarily be humble i would also have him apply his anti-cosmetic wash to the painted face of female vanity and his rod which draws blood at every stroke to the hard back of insolent folly or petulant wit but edison should be employed to comfort those whose delicate minds are dejected with too painful a sense of some infirmities in their nature to them he should hold his fair and charitable mirror which would bring to their sight their hidden excellences and put them in a temper fit for elysium adieu continue to esteem and love each other as you did in the other world though you were of opposite parties and what is still more wonderful rival wits this alone is sufficient to entitle you both to elysium End of dialogue four.